570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. We continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 yeah. LA Sports. Uh, all right, Bill Plasky wrote in the Times, you know, if you want to point fingers for what happened to the Dodgers, I, I don't know if he was listening to the show or not, Rodney, or he came up with this on his own because he basically said what you said. Point those fingers yeah. at the players. He don't blame the front Plasky office. Knows. Yeah. yeah. And you said that from day one. You want to point yeah. a finger, that's where you point the finger. So later this hour, let's open the phone lines and let's ask Dodger fans, all right, if you're going to point the finger, who are you pointing at? You pointing at Dave Roberts, you pointing at Andrew Friedman, or you pointing at the players? So Dodger fans, you can start thinking about that and we'll open the lines here at the bottom of the hour. Now, Clippers tip off the regular season tonight. Of course, they're playing the Lakers. And uh, Lakers' second game, that gives us an opportunity to welcome back the man who is all over the NBA and does such a fantastic job the host of Clipper Countdown, the halftime show, and the postgame show, but plugged in around the NBA, the Saltier, Adam Osland. And Adam, another season, and welcome back. First appearance of this young season. It's good to be with you guys. All right, good to be with you. Uh, we were talking earlier about the expectations this year for the Clippers, and they've had some good teams, and people thought they could be pretty good. If they stay healthy, I mean, the expectation is this year they can win, honestly win the NBA title. Does that make it different for them? Well, I think you have to embrace it. There's a responsibility there when you're the favorite, and they know that. And they've been the favorites. They were the favorites when they first brought in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They flamed out in the second round, up 3-1 against Denver in the bubble. The next year they came back, and I think most people would agree that if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't tear his ACL, they would have taken down Phoenix. They still took him to six games, and they would have beat Milwaukee. We saw what Kawhi can do against Giannis and Denikumpo before in the playoffs. So... They've had these expectations, and they have been a championship contender. Things just haven't worked out or fallen into place. Now they're hoping finally they can put it all together with a team that's even more refined around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with the pieces they have. I told you guys before, Clipper Nation loves to call them Wingstop. While the Lakers are lacking wings, the Clippers have them. They have a grip of them. It's unbelievable the switchability and the versatility of this team. And I do think this is where the game is headed. And it started with Golden State being the pioneers of three-point shooting and playing more small ball with Draymond Green at center. Uh, to defend that, you got to have guys that can switch on the perimeter a lot. And the Clippers do. And that's the team you're gunning for this season. The Warriors are the champs until proven otherwise. They are. But I talk, you know, and we saw the Warriors too. I, I talk about depth and we are talking about the Clippers but the, the, seeing the Warriors the other night the depth that they have is pretty impressive as well it's going to be a dog fight in the West I believe but uh, given that and I'm assuming everybody stays healthy Adam how do they handle Kawhi this year how do they handle his minutes uh, you know back to back all those things do they handle it with kid gloves or, or how, do, how do you see them handling his uh, his playtime well, he's coming off an ACL injury in the same knee where he had the issues a few years back with the San Antonio Spurs before he was traded to Toronto. And yeah, you have to be overly cautious because your championship opportunity is hinged to Kawhi Leonard. 
He's your guy. He's your number one option. Paul George came out in the preseason and said, he's number one. Just so there's no question about that, I'm the number two. He's number one or one and one A. And Kawhi Leonard has proven over the years that when he is healthy and he was having a phenomenal, historic playoff run before hurting the knee, 57% from the field, 38% from the outside, 90% from the free throw line. He was putting up Shaq numbers in that first round series against the Dallas Mavericks while shooting it from, you know, 10 feet away from where Shaq normally would in the restricted area. That's how efficient he was. So it's all dependent on Kawhi Leonard and his health. You have to be careful with him. And I saw the report earlier today from Chris Haynes saying they're considering bringing him off the bench. The Clippers haven't said that to my knowledge. Uh, That's coming from Chris Haynes. He's plugged in. Who knows? Maybe he's right about that. A couple years ago, actually, it was just last season, we saw Kevin Durant when he came back from a hamstring injury. He came off the bench to start things off so he would be more available in the second halves of games in those critical minutes down the stretch. That makes sense. You want Kawhi Leonard in fourth quarters, obviously, so there could be some logic there, but yeah, they're going to be careful with him. I know he wants to play. I know he wants to play as much as possible. Played just two preseason games, but looked really good out there, so a lot of encouraging signs with him coming back from the ACL. Uh, When you look at the Clippers' depth, and we were kicking this around earlier, you you sit here and you forget you know, John Wall, obviously. But then you forget guys like Norman Powell, who's a starter anywhere else, and he's coming off the bench. I mean, they literally have 10 guys, and the five that don't play probably could start almost anywhere else. I think they got 12 guys. I mean, when you're talking about Luke Kennard finding minutes for him, Terrence Mann, you mentioned John Wall being in there, and we still don't know who's going to start tonight at the point guard position. I thought it was Reggie Jackson, no? Coach Lou has not divulged that. There's been a battle in training camp between Reggie and John Wall. It was an open competition. I would lean towards thinking Reggie's going to be the guy just because he already has that established continuity with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and he's been there for some time. But John Wall looked really good in the preseason, like real good. Like, okay, we talked about it a few years ago. When they brought in Rajon Rondo, could that be the missing piece to help facilitate and make things easier out there for Kawhi and Paul George? It didn't turn out to be that, but that was still a team that could have won the championship anyways, regardless of that. So they have this embarrassment of riches where if John Wall helps, if he adds a new element to their game with his downhill attack and being able to pass and play make and help out Kawhi and Paul George, great. If not, they're still going to be great. But I do think John Wall is going to be, he's going to work for them in ways where John Rondo didn't just because he's still explosive in the open court. And that's the Did one Did you hear area. him, Fred? Did you hear him? <laughs> that's what I said. What have you been saying, Fred? What lies have you been telling on here? Fred, what did I Fred's say? still hating on John Wall from years back. You know, he never liked John Wall. He hated on John Wall. Are you like Wall. Colin Coward? You didn't like yeah. him doing the Dougie? Oh, he's not focused. Oh, he's dancing out there. Tough. He didn't like him. And I said John Wall will be a humongous factor for this team. I agree with you, Adam. I think he's found his mojo, and I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder to let people know that he ain't done. Oh, he does? He didn't play at all last season. It wasn't because he was hurt. It was because Houston's rebuilding. They wanted to play the young guys. He just sat there on the bench. He wants to prove that he can still be an elite point guard in this league. And on this Clippers team, he really has that opportunity because not as much or not as much as asked of him offensively, obviously. He doesn't have to be the number one or the number two option like he was in Washington. He just has to make the game easier for everybody else. So if he's coming off the bench, he'll push things with the second unit. If he's starting, he'll get Kawhi and Paul George to their spots. I think it's a perfect situation, and the one thing that he adds that you could say the Clippers are missing a little bit, they don't attempt a lot of free throws. He gets to the free throw line. He gets downhill. 
He puts pressure on the rim. He attacks. They were bad in transition the last couple of seasons. John Wall can change that for them. So they still have parts of their offense to unlock, and John Wall can aid them there. All right, so if we forecast forward now, and uh, Clips are in a battle, let's say, trade deadline nears, they've got enough guys where they can package somebody and somebody else and bring someone in here that could make a difference if they need to, right? Yeah, when you have an embarrassment of riches, when you have a team this deep, my guess is they're going to see how things play out through the first 45 games or whatever it is until the trade deadline. And a lot of guys are going to play because Kawhi early in the season and even Paul George may play less minutes and they'll ramp things up as they head into the playoffs, which means you need less depth or you don't need as much depth then and you could make a trade and consolidate some of that talent that they have. But I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Look at what's happened the last couple of years. It's been survival of the fittest in the playoffs. The healthiest teams have won. So you don't want to give up too much of that strength, which is all-world depth like a team maybe we've never seen in the modern NBA because you never know when you're going to need someone. But the good news is they have options, and they will have a decision to make at the trade deadline, I think, because of that. Uh, Speaking of options, or lack thereof, the Lakers, Adam. Oh, ho, ho. I mean, listen. I don't think they're waiting for the trade deadline. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, listen, I know it was opening night and the rings were given out and it was hyped and hoopla and they were going going up against it. But uh, And you can't read too much into game one of opening series against the, the NBA champs, but they're in trouble, Adam. They're in trouble, aren't they? I mean, it just, it just it's a, it feels like the beginning of a long, drawn-out, painful season for the Lakers. It's amazing that we're one game in and it already feels like season on the brink. Things are teetering for the Lakers because all that baggage that we talked about during the offseason and going back to last year with Russell Westbrook, it's still there. They have a new head coach. They have some new philosophies, but the same problems exist. We talked about it all offseason. Where are the three-point shooters with this team? Where are the wings? Who's going to guard some of these players tonight on the Clippers? I I don't know. They have so many holes on this roster, and they're too dependent on, one, a guy who's turning 38 in LeBron James, two, Anthony Davis, who can't stay healthy. And even though he looked really good in that first quarter the other night, he looked dominant, his activity level slowed down as the game went along. He kind of faded after that. And this is the question I've had about him for a couple of seasons now because he's had so many of those little injuries. It reminds me a little bit of Blake Griffin. They add up over time. Even if one's not major, they take something out of your explosiveness. And I just wonder for 38 minutes a night, 40 minutes a night, whatever they would like Anthony Davis to play out there, can he give them enough energy? Can he be at his best during those 38 minutes like he used to be? I don't know if that's the case anymore. But... Look, they're still a dangerous team because they have two top 15 players and maybe the greatest player of all time in LeBron James, and there's going to be nights where things click in, and they do look good. And Russ didn't look awful no, the other didn't. night. No, Because when they get in transition, and that's what happens often against the Golden State Warriors because they shoot a lot of threes, you get some long rebounds, you get runouts. The Lakers, that is one of their few strengths, getting in transition with Russ and LeBron James, and that's something Coach Lou brought up yesterday at practice. That's the thing the Clippers have to watch out for with this Lakers team. You know, when you talk about Russ, we made the point, uh, it's time to stop stop blaming Russ. Not Russ's fault, Russ is here. Not Russ's fault, they acquired somebody that didn't really fit. Now, everybody thought he didn't fit, but they thought he did. Well, if their two best players are the ones who wanted him there, and that's what all the reports say, yeah, yeah. pin it on them. 
Yeah. Or pinning on Rob Palenka for not sticking his neck out and saying, no, I'm, I'm going to put my foot down on this one. We're not doing it. Right. But that being said, it's hard to blame a guy for doing his, exactly what he does. And because they acquired him, they don't have the money to go out and get anybody that can shoot from the wing. They don't have three-point shooters. I don't know how you rectify that. They just don't have guys that can shoot from outside. You know the scene in The Wedding Singer where John Lovitz like closes the curtain and says, and I'm reaping the benefits. He's losing his mind watching Adam Sandler sing that song, Somebody Kill Me, Please, and I'm reaping the benefits. That's what the Indiana Pacers, I think, were doing the other night when they saw how bad the Lakers looked. Because now they can drive up the price. If you want Miles Turner, if you want Buddy Heald, well, you're going to have to give us that second first-round pick. It just feels inevitable that trade is eventually going to go down. That's how I look at it right now. I don't think this is a long-term solution, having Russell Westbrook on the team. Reports say that they'll give him 20 games just to see what Darvin Ham can get out of him as opposed to Frank Vogel. They'll give him 20 games. I'm not even sure it will last that long because, like I said, it already feels like this has turned into a downward spiral and we're one game in and the drama's already this heightened. What happens if they got blown out tonight by the Clippers? Which could happen. And look, Patrick Beverly also, this was the worst sign I saw between the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors the other night. When Patrick Beverly is trying to create and isolate, that's not his game. But he felt like he had to because nobody else is doing anything outside of LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook here and there. Like, who else is scoring on that team? Kendrick Nunn, good player. Austin Reeves, I like the intangibles, but he's not getting you 15 a night. Like, if Patrick Beverly feels like the onus is on him to have to create shots from three, that's not his game. That is a red flag. Oh, yeah, so, you know, you mentioned it may not last 20 games. How, how do they fix it, Adam? How do they even salvage it? I mean, that's that's the question. You know, give it 20 games. Do you? But you already know. That's my whole thing. You already know. I, Why are you giving it 20 games? I think it's just doing Darvin Ham a favor and just seeing what he can do with Russell Westbrook. I don't understand why they wouldn't have made this trade this offseason. I told you guys I don't think Russ is going to be there throughout all of training camp. I thought they would have already made the trade. Package the two first-round picks. It's a sunk cost at this point. It's it's cutting your losses a little bit. It's trying to mask for your mistake of bringing Russ in to begin with, but you have to. Sorry, you're admitting your mistake, you're admitting your failure, yes, and you have to get rid of two first-round picks, which you don't want to do because by the time LeBron James is gone and Anthony Davis is gone, it's going to be a tough rebuild, of course. But you're trying to win now still because you have those guys. So just do it. To bite the bullet and trade those two first-round picks with Russell Westbrook because I think Indiana will do it. And look, if they got Buddy Heald and Miles Turner... They're in business a little bit. Then all of a sudden, okay, maybe they could be like a fifth seed in the Western Conference with as talented as it is. Maybe a fourth at best if those two really fit well because Miles Turner could play more center if Anthony Davis doesn't want to. We know that's always the case. Those are two good young players that could really help them out immediately. And uh, as Rodney pointed out, you know, why wait 20 games? Let's say the Lakers get out here to a bad start. And, you know, Rodney asked the other day, would I be surprised if the Clippers blew him out tonight? My answer is no. I would not be surprised Mm. if the Clippers blew him out tonight. Let's say it's a really uneven start, and you can tell it's a bad start before you hit 20 games. Would you pull the trigger faster? I would. Why wait around? Like, you're just... 
turning this season into watching LeBron James pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar then? If you're not making a move to try to win, to try and compete, it's not going to be easy in the West. There's at least seven teams that are clearly better than the Lakers, probably more than that right now. To me, their range is somewhere between 7 and 10. Right. They're a play-in team. Uh, and the Pelicans looked really good last night, beating up on yeah. Brooklyn. Dallas is going to be there, even though they blew a game to the Phoenix Suns last night. I, there are so many teams that are just younger and more spry and have three-point shooters and play modern basketball. It looks like the Lakers are built for a different era. That's what it looks like right now. And that is really confounding because we've known for a long time, you got to surround LeBron James with some shooters. That is how you maximize his potential and create some lanes for him to drive down because he still, he goes through those spurts where I remember last year he shot 40% for a month or something like that from three. He's still inconsistent from the outside. He's streaky. I don't think he's ever going to turn into Steph Curry all of a sudden. So LeBron, uh, he still has to get to the basket. How are you going to do that when everybody's packing the paint because you got no shooters out there? The Lakers have so many problems and they were all foreseeable except by the guy who just got an extension in Rob Palenka. I don't get it. Yeah, how do you figure that? Yeah, I guess it's just they're reverting back to what they've always been. We're going to get superstars, and we're going to find a way to win anyways. And we just won a year and a half ago, technically, or two years ago in the bubble. And even though then they remade that team, and they went away from what Frank Vogel wanted, which is kind of some Twin Towers action and playing big like that, to bringing in Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, I have no idea why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. For some reason, the Lakers thought it was broke after winning the championship. <laughs> they had to change things up. But they've lost a lot of their good defenders and three-point shooters. They could have paid Alex Caruso. They decided not to. Yeah. They could have kept him and THT, who's now gone anyways. Uh, and they let Kyle Kuzma and KCP go in the rust trade. Right. Those two guys, Montrez Harold, those two guys can help you. Those two guys were actually really good against the Clippers. Kuzma was probably the best defender against Kawhi Leonard. Shockingly. I mean, but he turned himself into a pretty good defender. So there have been a series of bad moves by the Lakers over the last couple of years. It's not just one thing, but the biggest thing, yes, was the trade for Russell Westbrook. That's what's hanging over their head right now. Adam, appreciate you stopping in. Good stuff. All right, good to be with you guys. Got the pregame at 6. Adam will be there, and then we'll have the game from the Crypt here on the radio yeah, station tonight. the Crypt. Uh, by the way, if you uh, are driving around the airport area, if you're down there and listening to us, you're going, what's going on? Why is traffic backed up? Traffic is backed up down there because there was a pursuit that I believe started in San Diego. Oh. They finally pulled the person over. He's now standing at an overpass at the airport, and police have him surrounded. We're keeping an eye on this. You know, they're building a lot of construction down there anywhere, Rodney, at LAX. So that is slowing traffic. And now you've got some guy standing up there with a police surrounding him and trying to figure out what to do with him. Uh, so they've got him down there. And if you're in the area, LAX area, Century Boulevard, Sepulveda, the Westchester area, that's why you've got a lot of traffic and a lot of slowdown. Oh, no. Yeah. It's going on right now. You can see it on Channel 11 if you want to turn it on, Rodney. Uh, Damn. All right, Bill Plasky wrote in the Times today, Dodger fans. You know, you're upset and you're frustrated and and you're still not over it. You're trying to deal with it. And by the way, uh, the Padres beat the Phillies yesterday. Uh, if, if you're frustrated and angry and you can't get over it, 
and you're just running this through your mind, who do you blame? Who do you blame? We know the fans blamed immediately Dave Roberts. Point the finger at Dave Roberts. Then social media said, it's Dave Roberts and Andrew Friedman. Rodney said, yeah, you can blame them all you want, but it's not their fault. It's the players. <laughs> Point the finger at Mookie Betts. Point the finger at the players. That's whose fault it is. And Bill Plasky today in the Times agreed. So Dodger fans, now as you continue to deal with this, who do you blame? Do you blame Dave Roberts? Now, when you really think about it, when you really think about all of this, do you blame Dave Roberts? Do you blame Andrew Friedman? Or do you blame the players? 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. Dodger fans, will open the lines and we'll hear from you. You tell us who to blame next. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Dollar. That's dollar. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Hey, it's your girl Nina Chantel. You're listening to my homies, Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570LA Sports. Your home of the Dodgers. Ever since uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. A little throwback Thursday. Let's go. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. Uh huh. Which each and every single day, Freddie, are you. Are you are you putting the baseball season behind you, or are you still feeling it in your spleen, as you would call Still feeling it a little bit. It's too soon. Too soon to put it behind us. Still feeling it. Yeah, I hear you. See that Padre comeback yesterday? See, it's not just the Dodgers. Mm. Not. Yeah, they came back. Not. They Might came have back. A seven, seven, seven straight hits they did. Yeah. I know Dylan said, like, ah, the Phillies will sweep them. It's clear as day. They're done. I don't know. Well, early you thought the Phillies were going to get them. But, boy, San Diego came storming back. Juan Soto got a hit. They got a little grit to them. Josh Bell, home run. Brandon Drury knocked in some runs. The guys they acquired at the trade deadline stepped up for them big time. Yep. All right, Dodger fans, who do you want to point the finger at here? Dave Roberts? We don't think so. Andrew Friedman? Maybe you do. I don't think so. The players? That's what Rodney said earlier in the week. Bill Plasky wrote that as well. 866-987-2570. Oh, and please do not forget, we are giving away Charger Seahawk tickets. So stay with us. We'll give you a cue to call. And that standoff at LAX with a pursuit before we get to the call still going on. Uh, it started in San Diego. It was a chase down the freeway. Uh, finally, the suspect got to LAX, jumped out of his car, is now standing on an overpass looking down. There are fire trucks all over the place. Uh, police are just standing there staring at him, making sure he doesn't do anything drastic. And that's what's going on. So if, in fact, you are in that area driving around and all of a sudden there's some congestion or traffic is slow, that's the reason. Okay, here we go. Ray in South El Monte, our good buddy Ray. Ray, who are you blaming? Hey, how's it going, Fred? I'm blaming, uh, you know, I'm blaming the leaders of the team, which is Mookie. And uh, Freeman, I know they get paid the most, you know, they, when, and they kind of uh, blew it when it counted. So I'm pointing my finger at them. Okay, appreciate that. Yeah, Rodney, your sentiment was not shared early on. Your sentiment was not shared. It's on the players. Well, that's just one person so far, Fred. Let's let's see how it goes because I'm sure it, it would it will there will be a lot that lead to Dave Roberts and Andrew Friedman and you know, the, the upper management as opposed to uh, the players. But 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 he's right. 
He understands. The leaders on that team, they cannot let that happen. They got to find a way to to get everybody going. Um, and if you're if you're at this point, and I don't think this is the case. It just I just think the Dodgers didn't play well. I mean, and it happens sometimes. But if you're at the if you're at the position in a, as a professional player and you need a manager or coaches to motivate you to play in a playoff game, then you don't need to be playing. And that's not the case with the Dodgers. They ran up a team against a team that did to them what they did to the Phillies yesterday. They scored and 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 were opportunistic when they had opportunities, and the Dodgers weren't. All right, let's go, uh, Jen in Westminster. Who are you pointing the finger at? Hi guys, how are you? Good. Good. Um, well, I have a diff- little bit different take on this. Been a fan my whole life, so that would be 50 years I've been a fan. I bleed Dodger blue. Um, how were you I a fan before you were born? <laughs> I'm 55, uh, so <laughs> not quite that young. Um, I don't blame Friedman. Uh, I don't blame Dave. A little bit of blame on the players, but this is what makes sports so great. This is what makes baseball so great that, honestly, on any given day, anybody could win. The Atlanta Braves last year proved that. It's what makes sports great. Yes, I cried myself to sleep Saturday night. I will admit it. I threw a few things. I was mad. (laughs) I had tickets Mm -hmm. to the games this week if we would have played them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's the game of baseball and what makes it so great. I'm not going to – yes, the players – if there's any some blame, it would be them. They didn't step up when needed. But on any given day, people play bad. I think we honestly – played great at the end of the season and didn't quite bring that into the playoffs. Um, but it's what makes sports so great, and I'm just ready for next season and can't wait to watch them all get on the field again. So I think it's just the love, like Friedman said, it just it's what happens in sports. Jen, appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 866-987-2570. Let's go uh, Casey in the LBC. Casey, who do you point the finger at? How we doing, fellas? Um... First of all, it's got to be the players. Playoff baseball is not the same as regular season. You can go one for five with a double, one for five with a home run in the regular season. Oh, my gosh, everybody loves it. you got to choke up in the playoffs. you got to take a little bit off your swing. you got to make the pitcher work grind out at bats. And I hate saying this, but how do you think the Giants won the World Series three out of six years? They didn't have the huge studs. They battled pitchers. They bunted. They hit the ball the other way. There's a guy on second. We just get guys up there. Oh, he's going to hit a double. Oh, get him over to third. It's the game. Playoff, it's just a way different game than uh, in the regular season in my mind. Rodney, you played the game. This is a whole different topic, but that first and third play, they were giving us an out, and we just let them walk to second base. They're giving us an out. That would have taken us out of the inning. Game 3-3 baffles my mind. Yeah, thanks for the call. I hear you. I hear you. It's it's little things, little things, little fundamental things that that happen that come up in 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 many situations in the playoffs that you don't think about in a 162 game season that you get away with sometimes because it's not it's not a do or die situation, but they come up on many occasions in the playoffs, and you got to be sound in everything that you do because one run here or there either can beat you or at least change the momentum, Freddie. All right, let's go, Jack, in Huntington Beach. Appreciate you holding, Jack. Who are you blaming? 
So the lazy answer would be I could, you could plausibly make a case to blame all three, but I think the best case would be on the players. I mean, just looking into the dugout after the Padres would take a lead, just the depression and the malaise in the players' eyes, it's like they were never down by 10. They were down by two or three, which are it's a very surmountable lead that they could easily come back. But I could see the case for Dave Roberts or Andrew Freeman. Cause I don't think anyone loves Tommy Canley there in the seventh inning. But what really lost them was runners in scoring position, the lack of hitting. And I don't know how you could blame Dave Roberts for guys not hitting what with guys on base in two outs. That's just not Dave Roberts' fault. Yeah, well, we agree with yeah. you. Appreciate it, Jack. Thanks for listening. Yeah, you know, a couple of days removed, Rodney, from everything happening and just some time to, to think about it and reflect the feeling that it's Dave Roberts' fault. No one seems to think it's Dave Roberts' fault today. No one th- seems to think that. I don't know about no one. Well, that are calling. guy that calls and changes his call. name every other week. He, he still blames <laughs> Dave, I'm sure. Yeah, but he hasn't yeah, called sure today yet. a lot of people. Yeah. Not we, yet. No one on this call, the three people that we have know, but I'm sure there's a lot of people still out there that, that feel that way. All right, Raul uh, in L.A., you don't blame the players or Dave Roberts, do you? No, I absolutely not. I definitely blame Friedman. He should have signed Verlander, who just shut down the Yankees uh, the other day. should have signed him three, four years ago instead of getting Darvish. Well, yeah, I mean, going back three years, are you saying that three years ago Verlander would have been here, the Dodgers would have won this year? Absolutely. They would have, they would have beat the Astros. Darvish would not have started game uh, four and seven. Uh, we would have had a stud. We would have had someone to back up our other guys, our young guys, uh, would have helped the bullpen. I feel that this would have just changed the course. Every, every year, I think, I see Verlander shutting down teams in the American League and, and every, I mean, basically everybody. And, you know, we could have had him. I think it was a financial decision not to sign him because he had a few year, years if he would have signed him and Darvish was a free agent after that year. I think we should have just spent the money then, and I think it just would have changed the course of history. Raul, thanks for the call. Yeah, I would respectfully disagree. I don't think by signing Justin Verlander, it would have guaranteed the Dodgers would have hit the ball this year in the playoffs. I, I don't no, think that would have been the case. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. Um, but, yeah, there were cries of that, uh, about that during that time. I was one of them. Uh, go go all in on getting Verlander. Um, and I, I know there were some others. I'm not, you know, as familiar as, as I was back then about the details of it but i was definitely a big proponent of that but nonetheless this year we're talking about this year and this year it was like like i've been saying it's a it's runners in scoring position when you can't go five for 34 with runners in scoring position in the playoffs and expect to win just can't juanito romas uh listens to the show and tweets i blame the players i blame the middle and lower part of the lineup who couldn't hit with runners in scoring position you can't blame one person. It seriously didn't look like the best offense in baseball at all in that series. Appreciate the tweet. You can always get us at Rogan and Rodney at Fred NBCLA at Rodney Pete Nine. Let's go, John, in Pasadena. John, thanks for holding. Who do you blame? Uh, I blame a little bit of everybody, but mainly the players. You know, they they should have stepped up their game, but they didn't. And unfortunately, you know, baseball, you know. You have to be consistent, and if you stop playing for a while, you know that consistency goes away. So I think that had a lot something to do with it. But I think 
a big person that had to do something with it was my man Rob Parker for picking the Padres, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> and l- let me share something with Damn, you. Damn, Rob. Rob, uh, Rob made it clear to us that he picked the Padres. Rob, anyway, Rob let us I just know. want to appreciate Appreciate you for guys taking my call, but I, I want to say maybe 70 percent of players and thirty percent management, bro. But you know, it's a different animal once you're in the postseason, especially in baseball. All right. I just want, I just, I'm glad I was able to speak because now I could get over it. Cause, man, I know a lot go. of us are hurting, but uh, it's cool to have you guys on the radio represent LA for us, and just wanted to let you guys know from the bottom of my heart, you guys are number one, and then my man Rob Parker. And Chris Bussar, number two in, in my life. But anyway, you guys keep up the good work. And my man, Roddy from the Ronnie Peak, can I tell you something real quick? Man, I Talk didn't know me, you baby. told my girl like that. Holly Robinson, man. I seen that picture <laughs> oh, of you That's your girl? Twitter, man. That was your girl? That was, your, oh. that was some gangster stuff, man. That was some Damn. gangster stuff you pulled on me, man. I had a crush oh, on her man. when I was 11 years old, man. I thought she was the prettiest thing in the world. But anyway, Thanks, appreciate you guys. My and uh, Shout out to the whole crew, to, to um. <laughs> All, these, all the guys that make make this happen, bro. All right, John. Oh, man, appreciate it. Appreciate the call. Thanks, John. Yeah, you know what? Why'd you do that it's to John? Good. I don't know. I don't Why know. you take his girlfriend you know, there, Rodney? That ain't I right. No, man, that wasn't right. I'm so I apologize. I apologize. All right, no, let's go. Uh, Wendell and Irvine. Wendell, thanks for holding. Wendell. Who Wendell. Do you, who do you blame? Wendell. Wendell. Either way. So look, it comes down to the. Comes you Wendell to me. There we go. <laughs> like it's um, you know, it's it's anybody who saw this series, you know, I I saw ten pitches game one. Oh, was it game two? Ten pitches down the middle. They're just taking these pitches. So it comes down to situational hitting. You know, what are we playing baseball? You got to have some balls. You know, you can't be scared to hit the ball. And when you're taking pitches down the middle, you're falling right into the pitcher's game plan. You're taking pitches, and then he throws you a breaking ball, and you're swinging at it and looking foolish out there. So. Once I saw that happen game two, I, in my heart of hearts, I knew it was over. Because, you know, the other team knows they got you. You know, and, and, and it's a, as much of a – it's actually 90% yeah. mental, 10% performance. So, uh, another point is, uh, you know, I, I don't think we should actually be choking up on, on the bat. Actually, I think we should be going for our home run swing. All right. A lot okay. of times. All right. Well, no, no, Wendell, gonna... no, Wendell, we can't have an analytics discussion. We, we can't have a, a... – a, a field of play discussion. We don't have time for that. Teams are going to be challenging. They're going to be throwing, you know, uh, um, pitches at a certain velocity and location where if you don't go for yeah. a home run swing. Yeah, all right. All right, Wendell. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Thanks, Wendell. Thanks for listening. Wrap it up with Kevin in Huntington Beach. Kevin, who do you blame? Oh, oh. I am your father. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Yeah, I've been told yeah, yeah, that before. Yeah. Ultimately, well, the blame falls on the players. You know, and but I looked at it, I was talking to Kevin. I'm. Earlier. You know what? It, it, never ha- Kevin, you got a bad connection. You can try again. You can yeah. try again another time. Kevin had a bad connection. All right. So everybody blame the players here. Uh, Raul, I believe, put it on Andrew Friedman. And his point was, if they had traded for Justin Verlander a couple of years ago, the Dodgers would have hit in this series. Interesting, interesting take. He didn't say hit. He said that they would have won. Yeah, well. They would have dominated. It would have changed the course of history. That's what he said. Yes. Yeah. All right. Next hour, stay with us. Ned Coletti is going to be on the the show. Uh, He sat in the big chair. And we'll get his take on what happened and where he would go from here if he was a GM of the Dodgers. 
Get the tickets you want today at Barry'sTickets.com. Don't miss out on the Lakers home opener tonight against the Clippers. Barry'sTickets.com. Let Barry hook you up today. Uh, next hour, Ned Coletti on the program. And don't forget, we are still giving away Chargers Seahawks tickets. So stay with us. Bringing you L.A.'s best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Rogan and Rodney. One, two, three, hit it. Watch me. Watch me. I got it. Hey. Watch me. I got it. The Jane Brown. Hey. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. On a throwback Thursday. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Freddie. What uh, you got? Post Alone tweeted the show. Who do you blame? Post Alone. Post Alone. Alone. Post Alone tweeted the show. Who do you blame? You blame Dave Roberts. You blame Andrew Friedman. You, you blame the players. Post Alone says, I blame Fred. That's all. Hard <laughs> oh, to argue with that. Yeah, well, you know what? Wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time I got blamed. For <laughs> All right, we we did discuss tonight at the crypt. Back, you know what it was? Huh. They never forgot the no hope on opening day 2017. Yeah, that's that's what uh, they, our caller yeah. suggested. Yeah, if never I, forgot that. Fred. If I hadn't yelled no hope, yep. five years ago, this never yep. would have happened. But yep. five years ago, I was accurate. But I but guess they that never little forgot it. That, that they never let, forgot it. That little fire under them. They had a new general manager who never heard about it. Went out. Oh, they heard about it. Traded players. And this is where they're at. Yeah, I'm looking at that 2017 roster. I think the only person left from that from that team is Will Myers. Now, who's on he that let team, everybody Kevin? know. Who was on that team? He let everybody know. Let's see. Uh, Austin Hosmer? Hedges. Was Hosmer uh, on that team? Doesn't, I don't think Hosmer was there yet. No, he wasn't there yet. He was too big. I wouldn't have yelled at it if he had been there. Former Angel great Eric Ibar, who was on the back nine by then. Manuel Margot. The Marco. other, the other Hunter Winfro, the baseball Hunter Winfro. Oh yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's not a who's who. Let's just put it that way. You're right. So I was accurate. There was no hope for that group. Oh, Freddie, no hope. They never forget. Okay, that, that that little clubhouse cat that let everybody know that uh, equipment manager, that uh, statistician that was in the front office that happened to be at Dodger game that day, remembered, remembered, and let everybody know because he not long, not only is he not the statistician anymore. He's assistant GM. It's Crip tonight. Lakers and Clippers. <laughs> Probably not far off. That's the crazy part. Uh, Lakers, second game. The Clippers first. Rob Palenka said something. And as you watch that game the other night, you realized. And Adam was on earlier, and it was perfect. My God, they've only played one game, and it seems like it's already a lost season. Well, it's not a lost season. Of course not. But it really was an indication of problems. And, yeah. you know... Normally, you say, okay, look, it's going to take a couple of games here. We'll get this together. New coach, we'll figure it out. No, there are bigger problems than that. It's roster construction. Yeah. And the Lakers are going to have to do something. All right, so what do they do? Rob Palenka says, I'm going to wait about 20 games, Rodney. 20 games, and then we'll start deciding if we're going to make a deal or not or what we need. Do you think he needs to wait 20 games? Oh. I don't know what 20, and then what happens if it's game 19? He's like, I haven't seen it yet. I got to wait one more game? Yeah, I can't I mean, go before 20. Why are you putting a number on it? That's my first question. Why do you even put a number on it? If you need to pull the trigger after 10 games, you should pull the trigger after 10 games. Or it, maybe I need 30 to, to further see what I need to see. But why put a number on it after 20 games? We're gonna, it just doesn't make sense to even do that. You don't have to do that. 
um, just say we're we're always evaluating, and if we need to do something, we're going to do something. But okay. don't say I'm going to wait 20 games and then we'll because everybody's in the countdown now. Everybody's yeah. starting. Whoa, it's, it's, it's game 12, Rob Lincoln. What you see now, Kevin? Can you pull up the Lakers schedule? Yeah, give me a sec. All right. Yeah, see if you can pull it up. Let's just uh, quickly run through some of the games that they're going to be playing, and we can figure out at what point he should pull the trigger on something if he realizes there's an issue. I mean, if you're not hitting from the outside three games in, that would pretty much indicate to me you've got nobody who can shoot from the outside. Yeah, you think? And Dennis Schroeder, of course, will be back, but he'll be back like in three and a half weeks. And Thomas Bryant, who's a guy that can't hit from the outside as a big, he's also out for a couple of weeks. Right, he'll be back in about three and a half weeks as well. So you got the Clippers tonight. All right, so that so let's just guess. I think that might be a loss. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Uh, they they uh, host Portland on Sunday. Nah, it could be a win. Get that one. They can get that one. Yeah. Portland, you said host at home, right? So host. okay, okay, okay. Yes. Then you're on Let the road. The crib be rocking. Yep. You're on the road at Denver at Minnesota, then come back home to play Denver. Okay, I'm going to say they'll take two of those three. Really? I'll be, I think Ooh. I will go closer to 0-3, but all right. Den- you okay, said Denver right. here, Denver on the road. And, Denver, and so Minnesota. it's Denver on the road, then Minnesota on the road, then they come back home to play Denver again. Well, I thought they two out of three Minnesota. of those? Two out of three is Denver. Yeah, well, they're going to lose to Denver. I, I had them beating Minnesota. But let's say they lost all three. They lose tonight to the Clippers. They beat Portland. They beat Portland. So they'd be one in... One and five at that point. Okay. Is that enough time to make a decision? Six games in. That's not 20 games. That's six games in if they're one and five. Is that enough time to make a decision, Rodney? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of this whole decision process in the first place. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's time to make a decision. Enough time to make a decision now, but you're living with this. You already made the decision to start this season this way. Aren't you kind so, of making it worse? Yeah. Like, right. Games that, that you could win, you're piling up losses. And if you think it's an exactly. issue, the issue's not going to fix itself after like, oh, now we're 2-8. and eight. Now it's a problem. Now it's time. It was a problem last December. <laughs> so exactly. what are we talking exactly. about? And a problem in training camp. It was a problem before the season started. Yeah. June it was a problem. Is it too much to say, too, if you if you start 1-6, and six, if you're 2-8, and eight, whatever, you, you're digging yourself into an early hole? Yes. I mean, it, right? Oh, no, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're two and eight. We're we're gonna catch fire here. Yeah, that one game that you lost in uh, October doesn't mean anything until you miss the playoffs or the play-in by a game. You know, at the end of the year. All right. Exactly. Well, the countdown is on, and we'll keep track of it <laughs> tonight. Yeah, we're gonna put, we're gonna have a board behind you, Fred. We're gonna put the board, the ticker tape, or the the, the number count behind you, digital count. That's right. Nineteen. 18. No, tonight it's nineteen and counting. Yeah. 